Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast contains description of violence and a few F-bombs are dropped normally by me. Therefore, it's not suitable for children. I'm criminologist Don McMahon. Welcome to Stalking Australia. In this episode, we'll hear from Daniela. Can you even imagine having a relaxing bath, covering yourself in a towel, leaving the bathroom, only to find your stalker standing in the room in front of you? Hi, Daniela. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, and you're welcome. Thank you. Um, let's get right into it. So, where were you in yep. your life before you met your stalker? So, I was t- uh, about 25 years old, um, which was just a young, carefree person. My life wasn't really, I didn't really have a career. I wasn't really working towards anything. It was a bit, um, I was a bit aimless at that time, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, um, I was working, I think I was working full time at a bookstore in the city. Right. Um, or I might have been at a health shop, but it wasn't, yeah, I was just, yeah, I was just sort of a little bit aimless, a little bit, you know, I was still living at home with my parents. Right. Um, yeah, I was, you know, still going out a lot on weekends and having fun and, yeah, I was pretty pretty young and carefree. Yeah, right. So where were you when you first met your stalker? What was the first? So the way we met was a little bit, oh, sorry. Yeah, we, we met in an interesting way. We actually met on like a phone, like a phone dating line. Right. Um, so we chatted for three months before we actually met in person. And when we met in person, which was like at a, it was at like a, a, a bar somewhere. And, um, the first thing he's, the first thing I noticed was that he had totally lied about his appearance. Oh, so, um, on I the, should have, on the I phone should have then. Right. What, in what way yeah, did he lie? Yeah. What, was it, what did he say he looked like and what did he look like? Oh, you know, he said that, um, you know, he was, he got, went to the gym a lot and he was a gym junkie and, you know, he was really slim and all that kind of stuff. And then when I met him, he was very, very overweight at that time. He lost a lot of weight afterwards. But when I met him, he just didn't look the way he said that he looked. So, yeah, I should have just gone from there, just gone. Yeah, it's big time. It's a big red flag. But, you know, I liked who I had been speaking to for three months. So I thought, okay, I'll let that go for a little while. Yeah. So how did the stalking so, start? Like, were you, at, were you in a relationship with him at that point? After you met him for the first time, did you continue seeing him, even though he was overweight? I did continue. <laughs> um, I did, I did. But um, I sort of wanted to keep it casual because there were red flags in his personality. He was very um, possessive, um, always ringing, always wanting to know where I was and that sort of thing. But I, at the time, I sort of just thought, oh, he must really like me a lot to be pursuing me this hard. Right. Um, That's what they so call love bombing. The stalking... Have you heard that before? Have you heard that saying love bombing? Yeah, I have. Yeah, they kind of come on full yes. on very Whereas quickly. Whereas at the time, 
yeah, well, that's how it was with him. And it was just like, wow, he must really be so into me. He must really like me a lot. Right. Um, but the, the real stalking started, I actually got pregnant a few months later. And after I had my son, our son, that that's when the stalking really started, the serious stalking really started after that. Uh, were you still in a relationship with him at so, that point? You had split up? I no. Take it. Yeah. We, I had, we had, sorry? You had split up. What I was that, sorry? It. You'd split up after you had the son or, or yeah, before you I had your son? Yeah, I split up with him when, when I was pregnant. Right. When I was pregnant, we, um, I sort of wanted to split up with him because just a lot was going on. He was lying about a lot of things and so many red flags. And I just went, I can't. I actually broke up with him before, I, about a week before I found out I was pregnant. Right. So, wow. But then we, he still continued to stay in my life because of the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I suppose we were sort of on and off, up and down. It was really, it was really all over the place. Yeah, but I knew that he was not the one for me because I just I just knew. Yeah. Too many red flags. So you guys yeah. have split up and you've had your son and then what happens? And then I moved out from my parents' place when my son was 6 years old, uh, 6 sorry, 6 months old. <laughs> and um when my son was about eight months old, we rekindled our relationship. We got back together. Um, you know, he swore on everything that he'd changed and he was different. And, you know, so we got back together for a while and things were okay. It was a little bit up and down, but it was okay. Um, then when I really sort of told him that I wanted him out of my life, I had moved to Preston. Oh, first I moved to Greensboro. Sorry, I moved to Greensboro. And that's when things really started to get, they started to get really bad when I had moved to Greensboro, like banging on the door at midnight and calling out and screaming and yelling and that sort of thing. Um, then I moved to a place in Preston and that's where the worst of it all happened when I was living in Preston. That's when it yeah, went on for the longest and it was just relentless. Give me an example was, um, of what was happening there. And how did he know that you'd moved? How, how did he find your address? Well, I actually told him at one of the times that we were good together, that when we were, when things were good, and because it was really strange. I know it probably sounds really, really silly, like to people that are listening, but when he was good, I trusted him. I trusted that he wasn't going to be doing the things that he had been doing previously. And I had a relationship with his mum as well. I thought if things get really bad, I can just ring his parents and right. they'll help me out. Yeah. Um, and I thought he's got a right to know where I live because his son is here as well and that sort of thing yep. so was what going happened? on for me. Yeah, so it started off with him just turning up all the time. I mean, he would just turn up whenever. He'd ring and say, I'm coming over, and I'd be like, no, 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 don't come, don't come. Sure enough, he would turn up. Um, I wouldn't answer the door, so he'd bang on the door. If I wouldn't answer the door, he'd come around, jump the fence in the backyard and bang on the kitchen window or the window at the front and yell and let me in and I'm here and that's how it sort of started right and it escalated from there yeah so um he would start coming at all hours of the night and banging on the door um and he just wouldn't let up uh he actually one time broke through my I was in the bath so I had no idea what was going on and I've walked into my kitchen after my bath and he was sitting at the kitchen table because he'd broken in through the the front window oh god um that must have been terrifying it was it was the whole thing like the whole time that this was happening you're just your fear level is so 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 high right just so you're, it's like you're living in a you're living in a fear bubble. It's really horrible when I think back to it. Things have changed so much, but when I think back to it, I think, oh my god, no, you know, I started getting um like really bad anxiety. That's when I started getting heart palpitations mm-hmm. around that time. Yeah, I can imagine. 
it's really terrifying. Yeah, and you feel like your hands are tied as well. Right. Um, what, you, what was you the story like, you told? What was the story you told me about when you were with a date and he broke in? What happened there? Yeah, that was. Uh, so we were in my lounge room, and um, <clears throat> I don't know how we. I think we just heard a. I think he knocked. That's right. He knocked at the front door. And then he came around to the front kitchen window and he banged on the kitchen window. And at that time, the, the date that I was with just ran out the front door because he was friends with my neighbours. So he just ran out the front door, which was very smart of him to do because God knows what would have happened if my ex caught him in the house. So he just ran next door to my neighbours and, and my ex just... Um, can we just call him a name that's not really his name? We'll just call him, I don't know, Peter. Sure. <laughs> so yeah. Peter jumped through the phone. Yeah. So Peter jumped through. Um, he broke my um, the screen at the front of the window and he opened up the window and jumped through and came into my house. So, yeah. What do you think he wanted, Daniela? Why is he doing this? And I couldn't quite work it out because I knew that he had his own life and he was partying and he, he was seeing other women. So I couldn't really understand why he still wanted me at me because yeah. I'm like, well, you're going out with all these other women, you're cheating left, right, and centre, which I had proof of that. Right. So why do you still? What do you want from me? What do you want from us? And do you think he yeah. wanted to get back and be a little family with his son? He did, but he he also wanted to cheat. So he wanted both, which was oh. you know obviously I'm not gonna I'm not okay with that. Yeah. He wanted to keep lying. He wanted to keep cheating, and he wanted us at home. So was he cheating when he was in a relationship with you? Yes, very much so. Oh, right. <laughs> very much so. I think we should call him asshole. I basically instead found... of Pete. Uh, yeah, that's, that that would be a good name for him at the time. <laughs> Probably worse than that, but we'll keep it. Yeah. We'll keep it clean. Yeah, right. <laughs> Somewhat. I don't know. We need to keep it clean. Um, right. So we've okay. we've we've got it escalating. He's broken to your house on numerous occasions, um, and. Yeah, you said he used to follow you in the car. You saw him in your rearview mirror. Yeah, he was. He came to take my son, our son. Mm. Um, he came to take him for the weekend. Um, he never looked after him. He took him to his mum's house, and so okay, I went. Oh, at the time, solariums were open, so I went. Okay, I'm going to go to the solarium while I've got time to myself, and I'm driving driving off to the solarium. And halfway there, I looked in my rearview mirror, and he's in the car right behind me with my son in the back seat, just following me, and mm. oh. I had a heart palpitation that day. I remember that. I had to get out of the car. I had a heart palpitation. I was sitting on the side of the road and it was just horrible. I just went, oh, he's doing this to me with my son in the car. Like I was just right. beyond, beyond furious, beyond stressed. I just did, was at my wit's end. Wow, it was horrible. terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. It so, really was. Yeah. At what point he did followed you go to me the... a few times. He what, sorry, followed you a few times? Yeah. Yeah, he'd done that a few times. Were you ever in fear yeah. of your life, Danielle? I, at some stages I was because I thought this guy can just turn. I don't know what he's going to do. And he had told me that he had a gun <sighs> and I was scared for my family. I thought, oh, my gosh, what is this guy going to do? Yes. He had a gun. What was, why would he have a gun? Yeah, well, he, I, well, what he told me was he had been involved with some, you know, questionable people in his area. Um, and yeah, they were like criminals. And apparently he was involved with them and did some work for them. I never, I don't know if that's true or not, but one person did tell me that it was. So, yeah. Yes. So whether or not it was true that he had a gun, I don't know. Right, you never but saw it. But he told it. me that he did and I was terrified. Yeah, I never saw it, no. 
At what point did you go to the police? What was your first contact with the police? The first time I went to the police, my son was maybe a few weeks old, actually. Oh, maybe, maybe about two months old. And I was still living at home with my parents at the time. And he, yeah, he kept turning up, turning up. So I just got an intervention order and went to court, got the intervention order. And yeah, so, so my son was two months old the first well, time. What is an intervention order? Just for people listening who don't know what it is. Okay, so it was basically um, a court order saying that he had to stay 100 metres away from myself and um, my home. And, yeah, if he breached that, meaning breach means that if you don't do what it says and you keep coming around and harassing, then I can call the police and he's basically broken the law. So how did that so work? So the intervention order included how did it work? How did that work with having a son together, like when he was picking your son up? At the time, he wasn't. For the first year, my son was with me all the time. So he didn't, oh, yeah. He, okay. There was right. no court orders in place for him to see our son. Right, got it. So when you first went to the police with this, before you got the, the intervention order, what was, their, um, what was their reaction to you? Were they helpful? Did they believe you or did you have to push for it? No, they believed me. They were really helpful. They, uh, they were the ones that actually suggested, uh, recommended to me to get an intervention order. So they oh, gave me what's called hear. an interim intervention order. Right. Yeah, it, they, were re- they were really good. Yeah, they were really helpful. They gave me an interim intervention order, which is one, an intervention order that you can use until you go, until your court date. Okay, so you well can that, use it for a couple of weeks until you get to go to court. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So you, it's kind of immediate. Yeah, yeah, I could use it straight away. Yep. And did he ever break the intervention order? Many times. <laughs> Many times. And what happened yeah. then? Did you phone the police every time or how did that work? I didn't phone the police every time, which is when I look back, that's probably the biggest regret that I've got. But right. Well, not regret, but I understand why I didn't um, because I had a relationship with his mum. Because right. that first year he wasn't too bad. That first year with that first intervention order, he didn't breach it all that much. It was okay. Um, it was it was the intervention orders that I got following that one that were the ones that he breached the most. But I didn't um, I didn't want to call the police every time because I didn't want him to go to jail. Really, I just wanted right. him to stop harassing me. Yeah, get it. Yeah, and you didn't want and to I hurt his mother. Yeah, I had a good relationship with his mum and dad. Mm. Um, and she, at you know, after my son was one year old, he she started helping me out. She'd she'd look after my son on you know every second weekend. Um, she wanted to see him. She adored my son. So I didn't want to do that to her as well. I knew that that would break her heart. And that's why I didn't call the police every single time. I didn't want him to go to jail. I didn't want to punish him like that. Just yeah. wanted to be left alone. And what happened when you did phone the police? So the first time they, oh, jeez, jogging the memory a bit now. Yeah. So there were several times that I called the police. Yeah. Uh, the first time... I think he'd left, so he got served with court orders. Um, that happened not on my property because by the time the police had gotten to my home, he had left. So I, b- I believe that they followed up with him and they had to serve him orders on his where he lived. What but then they came, they asked me orders. questions. I had to do So they go to his they give him court, like they give him papers saying you've breached the intervention order, you have to go to court. And what happens so when he went to court? They, 
I don't think he turned up. I actually can't remember, to be quite honest. I don't know what happened the first couple of times. Um, Do you know of any sentence that he got for breaching the intervention at any time? I know it was either the third or fourth time that he'd breached the intervention order. This was like my third intervention order, by the way. Um, I had to keep going back and getting extra intervention orders because he kept breaching them. Um, So he was arrested um, and he he was sentenced to two months um, in prison, basically. And he served three weeks because he got a really good, well, his parents actually got a really good solicitor for him and took it to court. And so the sentence was reduced to he only did three weeks. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Blows my mind. It really does. So what happened when he came out? Sorry? What happened when he came out after the three weeks? I think he learned his lesson after he came out. He, um, we spoke after that, after he came out and he just said to me, it's all good. You know, don't hold anything against you. It's all good. You know, well, it should have really been me saying that, but right. <laughs> he was just basically saying he understood why. Yeah. So that was, was the end of it. Saying he understood why. Pretty much. That was pretty much the end. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he did learn his lesson in the end. Yeah. Well, I guess mentally he just moved on and found someone else and, you know, yeah. So had he ever been... More on better terms after that. Had he ever... Did he have a record before, previous to that? I'm not too sure, to be honest, because he was very, very secretive about his life. I didn't know a lot about his life. Right. I still don't. He's a very secretive person. Would be interesting, yeah. like if he had never been in prison before, that might have been a real wake-up call. That would be quite terrifying if, yeah. you know, if you'd been a good citizen yeah, and never been sure. in trouble and then you end up in prison. Whew, wow. Daniela, yeah. what yeah, um, yeah, definitely, definitely. What advice would you give to other women or men um, that are in the situation that you yep. are in? My first biggest piece of advice would be, don't do what I did. Don't not call the police. I would advise call the police every single time the stalker breaks the intervention order every single time. You know, don't feel bad that you're hurting the family. Don't feel like you're a bad person for putting them in jail. They've put this on themselves. They're an adult. They can make their own decisions. Absolutely. And um, just every single time, just, yeah, contact the police every time. Yeah, that's good advice. Because otherwise it'll just escalate like what happened to me. Right. What about documentation? Did you document things? Most definitely. I documented everything. I did. I documented everything everything so and i definitely recommend doing that because sometimes we forget we don't you know and not only to remember everything yeah reading back when i read back on all the things that i've documented it's now it's i I look back and i say that was really bad what happened Yeah. Sometimes when you're living in it, you don't realise, but then you look back and you go, wow, that was that was horrendous. That's exactly right. You're too close to it. It's and a bit of a wake-up call. I would imagine it would kind of become yeah. your new normal. It does. Yeah, it did. Yep, yep, it did become my new normal. I thought I just have to accept this life. Did you say you thought about getting back back with them so it would stop? So, yes, I did. I did think to myself that the only way things were going to improve was for me to get back with him. I couldn't see any other way out. Right. Wow. That's crazy. You know, I actually considered it. I thought, oh, oh, that's just what I need to do. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand that though. Yeah. Because it would just be too much. I don't, I just, oh, I know how you people dealt with that. I just, I couldn't even imagine how terrifying it would be. 
no, having to look over your shoulder every time you went yeah. out. And that's, that's great advice. Yeah, literally you, every time. Yeah, that's great advice you're saying to ring the police at every instance. Because you're right, it's not, it's, you're Absolutely. not responsible for his actions. I mean, he is choosing to yeah. do what he did. Yeah. So why should you put up with it? And although it is unfortunate for his mother and father, they're going to be hurt, but why wouldn't they talk yeah. to him and try and put a stop to it? Were they aware? They were aware because I, I rang his mum a lot and said, please, please ring him. He's at my door. Please ring him and tell him to leave. You know, tell him I'm going to call the police if he doesn't leave. So they knew everything that happened. Oh, they knew everything that did happened. Did they do anything? Yeah. Did they do anything apart to stop from it? Tell him to stop. Mm. No, not really. Apart from talk to him. Well, they, they I know the mum spoke to him and told him to stop, but apart from that, I mean I don't really know what else they could do, but That's true. But maybe you could Yeah, that was yeah. about it. Yeah. And that and then you were yeah. not you don't want to go to the police so that they don't get hurt. I'm like kinda sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you gotta do it. Yeah. Daniela, thank you so much. Yeah. That has been really insightful and that's great advice. And the whole idea of this podcast is that we can help other people get through this because when you're in the moment, you have no yes. idea what to do and where to go. So that yeah. is, that is, yeah, oh, you're so welcome. I hope that it helps someone. Yeah, I'm sure it will. And it's, that's great advice. And also it's a voice for you guys, you know, so that you can tell your story because it is so prevalent and people don't, they have no idea how many people in Australia get stalked every year. It's quite terrifying. So if we can help one person. Yeah, wow. Yeah, absolutely. Great. I'm with you. Thank you so yeah. much, Daniela. Yeah. Okay. Th- thank you so much. Thank you. You're very welcome. It was, thank that you. was good. Thank Thanks, you. Daniela. Bye. If you or someone you know is being stalked in Australia, please ring 1-800-RESPECT. That's 1-800-737732. In the United Kingdom, please ring Paladin National Stalking Advocacy Service on 020-3866-4107. And in the United States, please ring Stalking Resource Center, National Center for Victims of Crime Helpline on 800-FYI-CALL. That's catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 